This is David Kaplan, and on the first edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, Gordon Wittenmeyer and I get you set for the start of spring training, and we go over the Cubs' chances in the National League Central, and are they the best defensive team in the National League? Into the first ever edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast with my friend Gordon Wittenmeyer, longtime fixture on the Cubs beat. I'm David Kaplan. You'll get it right here on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast Apple, Spotify, etc. Gordon, baseball's back and we're back. Great to be with you, my man. You too, man. It's been a long time coming. This is awesome. Yes. I'm excited. So baseball is back. Pitchers and catchers have already reported. And now we will have this week full squad workouts for every team in Major League Baseball. And as a Cubs fan, sporting my say <laughs> from obvious shirts, I'm telling you, I think this could be a surprise team. I'm not telling you they're winning the World Series, but 77 and a half over under wins. That's free money. Take the over in Vegas. Dude, I, you know, it's spring training. God bless you. That's what spring training's for. You you have your fun now because when the season starts, reality starts to hit, pal. I mean, look, I think they're better than last year. I also don't think that's saying much. They have to have a lot of things go right to exceed that 77 and a half wins at Vegas. Look, man, Pecota, take Pecota for what it's worth. 77 wins. Fangraphs pretty reputable outlet they use a zips projection 78 wins and of course vegas falls right in between and we know vegas is pretty reliable in setting uh betting lines so that's that's where this team is they look man your boy wilson Contreras is gone right he was as close as they had to a real threat in the middle of the order last year. Now, you're, you got your Seah shirt. He's supposed to be better this year. Okay, maybe he will be. I don't see a friggin' monster. I definitely don't see a left-handed friggin' monster unless Cody Bellinger goes back in time and becomes 2017 to 2019 Cody. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he's got a time machine. So, yeah, maybe. But your boy uh, Kyle Hendricks isn't going to start the season on time. He's as close to a, a, a bona fide ace as you have. And, and and with all due respect to him, love the guy. Game seven, big game pitcher, no doubt. Opening day starter three times. But he's never made an all-star game either. He's not a he's not a Scherzer, DeGrom, dominant power type guy either. He, he, we know what he does. And when, he, and when he's right, he's great. They've got a lot of holes, and they have to have multiple guys play up to the top of their ceilings for, for it to even be a winning season, dude. Okay, let me tell you why I believe that this is a team. I'm not telling you it's a 95-win team. I don't believe it is. I think this is an 82-83 win club because I think they are, if not the best defensive team going into the season in the National League, they're certainly top two or three. They're not They've the best in the division, man. Top. They're not the best in the division. The yes, Cardinals they are. are better. Cardinals are a better defensive team. No chance. Oh, please. What do, they, what do the Cardinals have? Three or four three or four gold gloves? 
We've got um, a gold glove at short, a gold glove in center, a gold glove behind the plate. You don't have a gold glove in center. A gold glove at second. You, what are you, you don't have about? a gold glove, a gold center glove center fielder. You have a guy in 2019 who won a gold glove in right. He's not. Remember, we had a gold glove right fielder in Chicago playing for the Cubs for the last bunch of years who was good in center, but he wasn't gold glove caliber in center. There's a big difference. So, look, you upgrade for sure. I like what Ian Happ has done. He's got to back it up. Seiya Suzuki was supposed to be better defensively last year than he was. Maybe that changes this year. Tucker Barnhart's got a gold glove, but he's not going to be catching a whole lot, and his bat is a deficit. And then you've got uh, Dansby Swanson, who won one gold glove last year. He had his breakout best year ever last year. He's got to back it up. So I like it. I like what they've done. They had next to nothing going into the offseason. And they filled every single hole. And they spent a ton of money. I give them all the credit in the world for that. They are going to be better. But I have a hard time seeing a path to the playoffs with this club. Yeah, I'm not telling you it's a playoff team. I think they battle. But I'm not telling you they're going to the playoffs. But would you agree that 69 games is not a small sample size? It's a fairly representative thought of what a team could be. Are you talking right. last year? The end of last year. They no, that's not representative of Jack. And I'll tell you why. It's not the same team for one thing. And that oh, was a better. very and that was a very soft schedule in the second half of last year. And they did get they got pitching out their ass last year that they have no right to expect to duplicate. They Hayden Wisniewski might be a nice pitcher. What he did in his seven games, pretty friggin' great. And if he pitches a full season or even half a season, he's going to have some bumps and bruises along the way. And even if it's a good season, Justin Steele's got a lot to show. Let me His ask you 129 question. innings was a career high. You just said to me, now they've got to back it up. Well, I'd rather have a guy that has to back it up than has to do it for the first freaking time. No doubt. But but in some ways, Justin Steele has to. Well, just, the two guys I just mentioned, Steele and Wesneski. They do have to do it for the first time because Wisniewski just broke into the in the big league ball in September and Steele was shut down. Look, he'd never thrown 100 pitches in a season or 100 innings in a season until last year. And then they shut him down. You know, it, he could have pitched toward the end. They shut him down for workload issues and all that. I think he'll be fine, but he's got to do it for a full season for the first time. And, and Wisniewski has to do it for more than a month for the first time. And Stroman has to stay healthy. And Tyone is working on a, a whirly bird slider in camp. I mean, he's got to see what, what he brings to the table. These are nice pitchers. They, they got a nice collection of talent. But a lot has to go right, my man. I don't disagree. Let's go take a look at this lineup. We'll get to the pitching in a second. So you, the catching gives you very little offense to hang your hat on. Gives you two solid defenders and game callers in Tucker yep. Barnhart, who will back up Jan Gomes. And then we've heard about Miguel Amaya for four years. I have no idea if this kid's going to stay healthy and get to the big league. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Right. At first base, you're going to have a collection of they'll, – they'll all make starts from – Eric Hosmer to Trey Mancini to Patrick Wisdom 
We'll all see time over at first. Nico Horner, very solid at second. I love the Dansby uh, Swanson signing at short. My question is, who do you think is the opening day third baseman? You've got Wisdom, you've got Chris Morrell, and now Nick Madrigal will be the most diminutive third baseman in all that? of baseball. How about that? Uh, that tells you everything you need to know about third base in this camp this year. And it might be the most interesting position to watch in all of camp, even if there's questions everywhere, because they're taking Nick Madrigal seriously at third base. And Nick Madrigal, heretofore, before this spring training, was a friggin' mess over there. He was. So, so if – if they think he's going to get serious time at third base or is a serious player for serious time at, at third base, then that tells you that position is a lot more than fluid. It might be a problem this year. Now, that said, they they, they went out and, and they got Edwin Rios, the guy that's played four parts of four seasons for the Dodgers, and he's actually a nice bat in your lineup in terms of he's got some pop over there. But we'll see. I mean, he's a corner infielder who hasn't played a whole lot. We'll see what he looks like. They got Zach McKinstry in camp. Patrick Wisdom is the guy, I think. When, when you talk about who's going to open the season at third, I think well, for all his strikeouts, he's got power. If they like the, if the rest of the guys open camp healthy, I could see him in the seventh hole in the lineup. Uh, where the strikeouts maybe aren't going to hurt you so much, and the, and the pop that he has can can be a nice little surprise in in some games uh, against uh, uh, some pitchers who might take a breath at that in that part of the order. So I like that idea. I think that's probably where they're leaning right now. I mean, if you did a depth chart, Patrick Wisdom would be number one at third base, and I suspect that's how the, the season will open. Does it stay that way? I think there's a lot of places in this lineup that have a chance to be fluid through the season. You know, Hosmer's an open question. He, he will be all season. Um, if he doesn't get off to a big start, he might be gone by the all-star break. Right, because uh, you're paying him no money. Okay, right. there was all before we get to the outfield, there was also news that dropped in the last couple of days that I would think Jed Hoyer has to go, Oh, let's see how this season goes because I got my powder dry. I got money. Manny Machado is going to hit free agency. You have a glaring hole at the position he plays. That should be the number one thing you do in the offseason. That's interesting. So I don't think that's completely crazy, but did you see the Padres also offered him an additional five years, like he's so he's got five and one fifty left. Right, they offered him additional five for a hundred plus, so it would have been two fifty plus for ten plus the hundred fifty he's already made. Right, so so over four hundred million on a fifteen year contract is what that would have amounted to, and he turned it down. This guy's going to want another three hundred million dollar contract. Correct, he's going to want. And, Probably want another ten or three hundred at eight at three twenty something like that. I think it. Well, I think with the way these contracts are constructed, it's going to be ten. Probably right because it allows you. You know, everyone's like, "Why are they giving such long deals?" And I asked a couple of executives, and they said, "Forget about the back two years. We it's just the want AAV, the, the AAV down, dude. I've been telling you that for two years. 
Right. That's why these contracts are, are, are that long. Nobody expects to get 13 years out of anybody or 11 years out of anybody. Uh, no, no, no. They what 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 their what the computer models show you is that the best players in the game are worth well more, well north of 40 and 50 million a year when you break down what what war is worth. Um, you know, according to these computer models. But nobody can pay that because of the luxury tax threshold. So what they do is they say it's worth $300 million for this guy for the next six years because he's going to give us that much return in the next six years, but we have to pay him over 10 or 12. So I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you depending on what Machado looks like coming out of this season. Yep. Um, but I don't have any faith that they're going to do that. I don't think they'll even, I don't think they're in the market for a, a $300 million contract. They weren't in the market for that when he became available when he was five years younger. Okay, so now let's talk about the outfield because you have Ian Happ in a walk year. He'll be highly motivated unless they get an extension done with him. He's coming off an all-star season and a gold glove. I don't know what an extension looks like. I don't know what the Cubs' appetite is. I know Ian wants to stay in Chicago because his fiance is from Arlington Heights. They would like to make this their home. And he told me, I want to retire as a Cub. This is my home. I'm a Chicago guy now. I'd like to be here. You then have Cody Bellinger in center, the lion's share of the time, if healthy. Say is Suzuki. And by the way, you can get this and other cool stuff at obviousshirts.com. Promo code is CAP and get 15% off any order. So get ready for the season. So that is your starting outfield. Do you like it? Yeah, I th- I think... I like I like their starting infield, their middle infield best of all on this team. Horner and Swanson. Yeah, because uh, I, I like in particular what Horner does for you at second base. He, up, he, he, he up, upgrades that entire middle by being at second base because he's a, he's a defensive star over there. Um, so th- that's number one. Next, number two, I do like what their outfield looks like if it stays healthy. Now, the thing about it is if Bellinger's healthy, we know he can catch the ball. So mm-hmm. I really like the fact that you're able to to play some defense with anybody in the game out there in the outfield. There's going to be teams that are better, but you've got you can go toe to toe with most teams defensively now in that regard. The thing about him is he's got to be a bat. If he's not a bat for you, the run prevention will take you. You have to have run prevention to win. You have to have it. History tells us that. I mean, the the Cubs' own history tells us that. They had their best season ever, the magical season, when they ran laps around everybody defensively in 2016. They they were one of the best defensive teams in history that year. This is is what defense does. But if you can't score some runs, it means you have to win three to two. And if you're constantly having to win three to two, that puts a lot of pressure on your pitching staff. And so if you... If you're putting pressure on your pitching staff, you don't have Jacob deGrom in his prime and healthy and Max Scherzer in his prime striking out guys all the time. But you've got, you got, you got guys that have to throw a few pitches, put some balls in play. There's going to be a few more hits that way. It, 
there's a lot of pressure on your pitching staff and that sometimes cracks just because of the pressure, no matter how good they are. So you're going to have to, they need another half run a game than they got last year. And right now they look like they're just as likely to get half run a le- less again. Okay. Now we've talked about the lineup. There's some depth pieces there. Trey Mancini, uh, you know, eventually we're going to see Matt Mervis and Pete Crow Armstrong and hopefully Miguel Amaya. They have some prospects coming. Kevin Alcantara, I keep hearing people say, not ready, but boy, oh boy, that guy looks like he's got a chance to be a really good player. Let's talk about the pitching. Jamison Tyone, Marcus Stroman, Justin Steele is three. Who are the other two members of that rotation in Europe? Smiley's in. Smiley's in, and you and and this is where so your bullpen is key. Your bullpen nowadays is key anyway because so many pitchers throw so many fewer innings, even the really good ones. A horse anymore is a seven inning pitcher. So and by the way, there aren't very many of those. Um, I like the Smiley signing. It's a depth piece that gives you a professional start every time he goes to the post. Yeah, but it's it's a little more than depth in the sense that they're going to have to count on him in the top four in that rotation, at least as the season starts, until Kyle Hendricks hopefully gets gets back uh, to good health and pitches. So who gets the fifth spot then? Is it Wesneski, Ben Brown? There's a bunch of dudes. I, I, I don't think it's Ben Brown. I think he's further away. I suspect it'll be Adrian Sampson. Um, but it's Samson, kind of Samson and Wisniewski, I think, are the top two guys. We knew, like, coming off of last year, we were told, Elzelay, going forwards, a bullpen guy. Yes, and David Ross made that clear the other day that he and Keegan Thompson, and Keegan Thompson. are going yes. to be bullpen guys. And and if and we didn't need Rossi to tell us Keegan Thompson was going to be a bullpen guy. We saw the results last year, and there's no reason to push him into a starting job when he's so good in that multi-inning bullpen. So whether it's Alzali or Keegan Thompson, these guys that can throw multiple innings for you out of the pen, they're the guys you have to keep ready to pitch on the days, for instance, that Smiley pitches, because sometimes he'll give you four innings. They might be really good innings, but they might be four innings. Other times he might give you seven. So uh, you've got volatility within your rotation even. I think – Samson will probably be your guy, and Wisniewski will probably be pitching every fifth day at AAA. That's my guess right now. If 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 it's if season started right now, so that but Wisniewski would be the guy that's right there. Like somebody goes on the IL for two weeks, here comes Wisniewski, and if he pitches well, maybe he has a way to stick. Um, but but that's a nice man. That's, I like Wisniewski. I really like Wisniewski. I, everything I have heard from people I trust in the game, I'm talking executive types who I've been friends with, said that Jed Hoyer did a phenomenal job when he dismantled the Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and four other guys. They made seven trades. Said, you got to give them credit. Again, these guys have to prove it, but they, they did a really good job in the last two years in their trades at the deadline. Yeah, and like you said, we we we've got we still got to see it, but but PCA looks good, Alcantara looks good, Wisniewski looks the Wis. I think the Wisniewski trade is the best of them all because he wasn't looking to trade Scott Efros. It, it wasn't it. This wasn't something he had to do, but somebody who wanted him had a need for him, and you're trading a, a relief pitcher who for a starter. 
for a starter, right? With tons of control and a guy that you like and a guy who has shown us his value, his potential value already. Uh, he's got this uh, uh, terrific slider and, and he's got this, I'm telling you, he's got something. He's got a, he's got a poise about him that belies his years of experience. Um, I mean, pitching down the stretch, I know he wasn't pitching for anything, but he had it. That game against the Phillies impressed me because he didn't have his best stuff. That was a really good lineup. Lefty hitters in there who he doesn't do as well against. He hung in there. He competed. He, 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 he didn't piss down his leg like a lot of young guys would. And, and he, they won that guy game. Uh, you know, so I, I really like what I saw out of that kid. All right. We, before we get out of here, and again, this is our brand new Cubs recap podcast. Gordon and I will be together every week. Plus anytime there is breaking news and obviously throughout the season, there's always things to discuss. So we'll drop extra episodes and you can get it right here on our recap channel on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. The audio version will be available, Spotify, Apple, et cetera. Okay. Hey, wait, wait, Kev, to- Kev, let, me, let me throw something at you before we get off the pitching staff for a minute. Uh-huh. What do we think of Kyle Hendricks? Because to me, to me, if Kyle Hendricks comes back sooner rather than later, and by that we probably mean by mid-May, mm-hmm. he's like, and he's healthy, he's like picking up a guy at the deadline, but for but jumping the deadline. And all of a sudden, instead of worrying about your pitching depth, he jumps up into the top two spots in your rotation. And if you're if you're hanging in there by then, he could be to the key, the key to the whole season. On the other hand, that's a serious shoulder injury. By the time he returns, it'll be almost a year of baseball he hasn't pitched. That's correct. And, that and correct. it's and concerning. This and I is love his, oh man. I, I think if if somebody can do it, it's him. But uh, and I'm rooting for him because, uh, like you, I mean, I've I've really appreciated him um, covering him all these years, uh, and I've enjoyed watching him pitch when he's right. Uh, so that could. Do you agree with me that 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 could be the X factor to the whole yeah. season? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, uh, the, the amount of quality you get if he's back and and good. And it's just, all right. Uh, Before we get out of here, we have a couple things we have to talk about. One, I don't understand how a team in the Milwaukee Brewers can have the best pitcher in the National League, and that's what he is, in Corbin Burns, and you piss him off over $650,000? I mean, Actually, I believe it was $740,000, but point made. I just wrote about this the other day um, for for an outfit I'm doing some, some columns for. It is the dumbest ass stuff. It, I don't this, get this. this. Is, if he told me he wanted twenty million and you're a ten, I get it. Seven hundred and forty. I've read another one that said six fifty. Whatever it is, and then he goes to the media and says, "Yeah, this will absolutely affect our relationship." Now yeah. they just reported. I think it was Todd Rosniak just said he sat down with the GM and they cleared the air. You're telling me that deep down he's not going. Man, when I get the free agency, I'm out of here. Clear the air just means he's going to be a pro. Right. But that doesn't mean he's not pissed off as hell. He's Correct. pissed off as hell. You I know what this reminds me of? There's a correlation here with the Cubs, too. What Corbin Burns said was, remember, they they finished one game short of the playoffs. And by the way, he finished pretty strong in September. 
And and he was their best pitcher all year yeah. long. Go go yeah. look at the numbers. I think he led the league in starts. Yes. I think he had 200 innings. And there weren't very many guys that had that. So so he he uh I just got distracted. I just saw a squirrel. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm turning into you, Cap. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he said when they got into there, they they insinuated that he was the reason they didn't make the playoffs, that they fell short. They 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 tried to parse his numbers in his season to suggest that he could have done a little bit more and got them to the playoffs. And that infuriated him. There's a direct correlation with a Cubs arbitration example back in the day. And I don't know if you remember this cap, you were in the, in, in town back then, 1985 coming off that 84 playoff appearance. Yep. Leon Durham went to arbitration with the club. They presented his error in the playoffs and said, that's why we didn't get to the world series. And his agent in the hearing went nuts. And then after the hearing, Durham told the media what they said. And it was a very similar vibe to what we just heard out of Corbin Burns. That's unconscionable. That's ridiculous. It's disrespectful. It's dumb. And if they want any chance at all of keeping this guy long-term, why do you do that? I I do have the answer for it. I do have the answer. The the answer is that Major League Baseball is emphasizing the hell out of holding a hard line on this. That's why almost every team now has a file and trial policy. If you don't get an agreement done with the team by the filing date deadline, once you file, they're going to go to arbitration. They won't negotiate with you anymore. That used to be a rare policy. Now it's an extremely common policy because Manford wants them to hold the line on arbitration salaries. And these fuckers, can I say that? Yeah. These guys, they have, did you see the athletic report in 2019? And I confirm this. Um, they have a, a, a wrestling style plastic toy championship belt. Yes. That in one of the postseason meetings, I can't remember if it's the GM meetings or the winter meetings, when the GMs all get in the same room, <clears throat> part of what they do in the offseason is they present this to the GM or the team president who held the line best on arbitration salaries and, and kept the, kept the salaries lowest. Uh, And they, and they have a good laugh over it. I don't think that's funny. Plus I think it's stupid. And then when you dumb, and if you don't have exceptions for that, like Corbin Burns, then you're a friggin' idiot. All right. We are just about out of time. We'll keep this brief. We could touch on it as it develops during camp. Uh, the White Sox have Mike Clevenger in camp. And he is being investigated for domestic violence. And he is in camp. And Rick Hahn said, it is solely the discretion of the commissioner to discipline a player under investigation after the conclusion of an investigation. At this point, the White Sox options are the same as they have been throughout this process. And that is to respect the process in the investigation and let it play out. That is the club's only option. And so the White Sox cannot be the ones to either suspend him or place him on administrative leave, period. Your thoughts on this, because I'll give you mine first. I would hope that if I was the owner, I would have shopped at the top shelf. My window to win is open. 
I'm not looking for some guy coming back from injury who has a sordid past, who had the audacity to get on the team plane during COVID after he snuck out of the hotel and two rows away from him is a guy that's recovering from leukemia and from chemo in Carlos Carrasco. Tells me he really doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And he lied. When he got, and when, when, when he got caught, Plesak said, Plesak admitted it and Clevenger lied. Correct. So I would never have signed a guy. I would have said to my team, if I was the owner, all right, our window to win is open. How much is Verlander? Is he available? How much is DeGrom? I can't take the money with me. I'm signing the best freaking guy I can get. Or Jamison Tyone or some of the other guys that were out there shopping more at the top shelf. They tried to get a bargain for one year at 12 million bucks. The fact this guy's being investigated I'm not blaming Rick because I understand all the confidentiality. I, I just am. would never want the sideshow on my team. And I feel like there had to be some way that when I'm committing 12 million bucks that I could do a better background check quietly. You could have asked reporters. Your boy Jesse Rogers went on the air and talked about how this wasn't a shock when the news came out that there was this investigation because there had been, whatever you want to say, you know, it, we know about the 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 COVID uh, protocol violations. That's a whole different avenue. This guy's a buddy of uh, of Trevor Bowers. You know, you know, guilt by association is not fair. But um, Jesse came out and said, "Just rumblings in the business is that you know the guy's probably worth a little extra due diligence. This wasn't a complete shock. I don't know if they know the meaning of due diligence over there." with the White Sox, if this is any indication, because not only did you sign the guy, but you signed him early in the process. He was one of the first free agents signed. And Correct. he was very eager to sign. A guy that's got no a little shit. bit of a track record, who's really eager to sign with you, I might want to do a little more due diligence. Really eager to sign a one-year contract. So, yes, I I, I think um, if, that, if that's not exactly a red flag, uh, at least your normal process. So I do blame, I do blame that organization for that. But here's the thing about the way, the way how dumb this last week looked. I also blame the organization for just complete lack of preparation on how to handle this. Once the news came out, Yeah, it, it was you good. had weeks before spring training started. If you can't look, I'm the White Sox. I've already committed to the guy. I need him because I've done a chicken shit winner when I'm when this is my window, as you ap aptly point out, and I've completely effed up my window to win. So I need this guy. So let's just look at it from my job is to win, and I got to do everything I can from sort of a corporate level to to get this done. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't. I don't. Maybe I don't have the power to. Maybe I don't suspend the guy. Maybe I don't come down hard on him. But I, I sit down with the guy and I say, look, man, for you and for me, we're going to keep you out of the media spotlight until this blows over. I'm going to I'm going to take you at your word that nothing happened, that this is a bullshit story. OK, if that's the case, then let's let it play out. Let's let you get exonerated and then we'll bring you out um, until then. I want you to either come come and work out at the facility after the media is gone every day. Or we'll find you a better facility, a nearby facility. You work out with our coaches. You get all your work in. Um, 
but we're not going to make a sideshow out of this because as long as you're there and if we talk about this all the time, it's not going away, regardless of who's guilty or innocent. Well said. And, and by the way, she she came on the the alleged victim came on one of the radio shows in town this past week. She said because she heard him talk and in her words lie and in it and it made her want to say her side of things. So there's no win here in trotting him out to talk. There's not. All and right. then and then he did a piss poor job of, of, of making his case in my mind. All right. We will be back again if there's any breaking news. We will drop at least one every week. Gordon, it's great to be back with you. And there it is, man, right there, baby. <laughs> oh. Tom's yeah, clear. you might want to hang on to that, Cap, because it's going to be a while before you get another one. Play the over, free money in Vegas. And go to <laughs> ObviousShirts.com, stock up. They got amazing stuff for all Chicago sports. Use the promo code CAP, K-A-P. For Gordon, I'm Cap. We'll talk to you next time. This was episode one of the Recap Cubs podcast. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. <laughs>